Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. So what have we been learning about 40 days? This is a critical 40 days. This is Jesus' 40-day test. You know, if he had one, I guess I could have one. Can anybody say amen to that? What, what do we read in the Scripture when we use this term 40 days? 40 is the biblical number that represents a test a, or a transition, a test, not to break us, but to reveal us, not to push us back, but to promote us. I will tell you, it is inevitable that as a Christian, you will have a season. You might not be able to mark 40 days on the calendar. How many say, Pastor, I don't want it to be 40 years. Come on, say amen to that. Jesus, help us. You know, some of these tests were 40 years. I, I mean, 40 days is enough. Come, how many are going to say, I'm going to learn my lesson first time around? Yeah. See, that's what happened to Israel. They took 40 years because they kept failing the test. So how many say, I want to pass the test? I want to get this right. So, so what's this 40 days all about? It's about a period of time where our faith is proven genuine. It's a time of authentication. It's a preparation for promotion. It is, it is what we walk through, not so God will know we have faith, but that we will know that our faith is intact and ready for the next thing that God is going to do. So this is Jesus' 40-day test. It's an amazing time. So what I would, uh, I'd like to do is read this. It's, it's a bit of a long passage to get in. I'll refer to it back and forth as we go forward. And we're going to see the principles. Uh, we're going to see the perspective of what's going on in this incredible battle of Jesus being tempted or tested in the wilderness for 40 days. All right? Let's go to Luke chapter 4 and verse 1. I, I won't stop reading through every verse and comment, but let me make sure on this first verse we have the setting. We read verse 1 of Luke 4. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the desert. So we had just read in Luke 3 where he had gone to John the Baptist, his relative, and had been baptized in water. And as he came up out of the water, the Holy Spirit descended on him and anointed him to begin those last three years he was on earth, his earthly ministry. And so the Bible says going into this moment, I want you to get this, he was what? How much of the Spirit did he have? He was full of the Holy Spirit. And I want you to see what else happens here. He's not only full of the Holy Spirit, he was what? Led where? Into the wilderness, the place of the test. So let me help you something. Just because we're being tested does not mean God's not close by. In fact, he'll never be closer to you than when you're having an opportunity to have your faith authenticated. How do I know that I'm ready for the next level in my life unless I'm willing to trust God during the test? Amen? Okay, so, so we see this setting. So here he is, full of the Holy Spirit, returning from the Jordan. His earthly ministry is launching he, he is prepared. But the very first thing that happens is a test to see if he's ready for what's going to happen next. All right? So verse 2, what happens there? Where for 40 days, someone say 40 days. All right, watch this. The, see the different perspective of God. For 40 days, he was what by the devil? He was tempted by the devil. Does it say he was tempted by God? No. James says God does not tempt. Did you know that? There's a lot, I hear, I've heard whole, whole sermons that, that were off Scripture. God doesn't tempt, nor does He use evil. That's what the Word says. 
So while the devil's tempting you, God's going to use his tempt as a test. God doesn't tempt us. He tests us. Why? To approve us, authenticate us, prepare us. Satan wants to tempt you. God wants to prove you that you're genuine. Everybody good? All right. So he was tempted for 40 days by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them, he was hungry. Well, he was human, wasn't he? So I want you to understand this. Everything Jesus encountered on this earth during those 33 years, he had submitted himself to God. He kept his divine nature, but he had limited himself to humanity while he walked here. So I want you to realize everything we read in the Gospels about his life, he did connected to God's power, limited as a human just like you and me. Everybody understand that? So how did he walk through this? We need to watch because we have the same resource and access that he did. So, so he fasted for 40 days and night. Satan is tempting him. God's standing with him. Let's see what happens here. Verse 3, the devil said to him, If you're the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, man does not live on bread alone. The devil, the devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I'll give you all their authority and splendor, for it has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to. So if you worship me, it'll all be yours. Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here, for it is written. Now watch this, my goodness. Now the devil's quoting scripture. Did you get that? Now, the devil's quoting scripture. All right. I could say a lot, but I'm going to stop there for a moment. What did the devil say? He will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. He quoted it accurately. But it was the intent behind it that was satanic, not the content of it. Twelve. Jesus answered, it says... Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him and never came back again. Are you reading? Come on. Keep up with me here. Come on, guys. Let's just roll. Go to verse 12. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. There we are. When the devil... Whoa, back up. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he what? Until what? Don't you wish it was a one-time battle? Come on, tell the truth. Tell the truth. How many of you have won some of these battles in Jesus' name? How many have passed the test, some of these tests? Yeah. Don't you wish one knockout and the devil's done? He just keeps coming back. You know what? I think he must have brain damage. If the devil's anything, he's consistent and persistent, is he not? So, So we see this 40 days. We, we, we see what's happening here. I want you to see again, from the devil's perspective, it was a temptation. From God's perspective, it was an opportunity for Jesus to see that the power of God in him was greater than what Satan had for him. But I will never know. It, it's kind of like arm wrestling. For, forgive me, ladies. I don't, it's kind of a poor thing. It's kind of like arm wrestling. How do I know how strong I am until I engage somebody? How do I know you who, who's big daddy unless you put those arms on the table? You understand that? You understand what I'm saying? How do you know? I know a lot of guys that talk it. Don't you understand what I'm saying? And then when you tell them, let's sit down and put the elbow on the table, they got to go somewhere. Come on. You know what I'm talking about? So, so, so here's what happens. The test 
isn't because Jesus said, I'm going to let my boy get whipped. It's because he says, I think he's ready. Do you understand that? It's because he said, my girl's got this. She has this. And so the devil says, I'm going to face you. And God says, I'm going to empower you to pass the test. I believe you have what you need. You understand the test that God gives and why. And so here's what I want you to see. What happened? We, the, the devil, the Bible says it lasted 40 days. And yet we see three of those temptations. We don't know how many happened. We don't know what else he said. But these three, the Spirit of God was re- recorded so we could learn something. Remember, Jesus fought this battle and passed this test in his humanity just like you and I fight our battles, right? And so what happens here? Satan begins to tempt him. And what does Jesus do? Or every time the three temptations came, how did Jesus respond? He said, it is written. It is written. It is written. Can I help you out with something? You and I are looking at a total paradigm shift and how God's people respond to the strategy of hell. This is the first time, watch this in Scripture, that a spiritual weapon was ever used. Up until this time, all the battles were physical. In the Old Testament, they went to war. The armies fought hand-to-hand combat, right? All the, they were all physical battles. But something is changing here. Something that had never happened before is happening here. And now what we're seeing is Satan, this, this us- deceiver, this usurper, this one who tempted Adam and Eve in the garden, they fell, and he stole their authority, is now coming against Jesus. But Jesus is now full of the Holy Spirit. And as the enemy comes against him, there is a response that no one has used on him as a human being before. Come on. We need to understand what's going on here and how this works. So, so maybe I, I need to help you with something. We live in such a biblically illiterate culture today. We live in such a half-truth culture today. I don't want you to miss something. You, you and I need to understand there is a real devil. I'm hearing more and more there's no real devil. It's just a thought. He's just a symbol. See, we live in a society that increasingly is retreating from absolute truth. And so what happens, the more truth that our culture destroys, the more freedom our culture has to do what they want to do. If I take away the absolutes, then I become my own God. And who are you to tell me what's right or wrong? But if we hold to the truth of God, we have an absolute that, not, that does not hinder me from doing what I want, but saves me from doing what the devil wants me to do. Okay? So what we have here is a real devil. In fact, let's look at 1 Peter 5, 8. The Bible says this uh, uh, about him. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse number 8. Uh, if you can find that, I want you to throw that up. 1 Peter 5, 8. All right? So, so what do we read? Uh, it, it, it's going to come. So, so the devil, what, what happens? He's real. He, he would love for you to think that he is, he is not real. But what are, we, what are we told? Be sober, be alert and sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. The church family, I don't want you to be afraid of the devil, but I don't want you to be ignorant of the devil. We have to understand he's real, he's, he's prowling, he, you know, he, he, the, he, he would love for you to think that he doesn't exist. He would love for you to think he's just a theory, just a symbol. But, but he, the devil is every real as God, every bit real as God. Everybody with me? And, and, and it's kind of hard for me to think that something that's only a symbol 
or a theory or a mythological concept, how can a symbol do the things attributed to Satan? Things like deceiving, murdering, tempting, destroying, lying, lying, accusing, uh, causing people to be bound in the destruction. He's real. And he's on the prowl. And he's looking for somebody who's unaware of who he is. Look at this in Job chapter 1 and, and verse number 7. Job 1, 7. I want you to look at this. It says, the Lord said to Satan, do you, do you understand there was a conversation here? Where have you come from? Satan, Lucifer, where you come from? He said, well, you know, I've been roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth on it. I've been looking for somebody I can destroy their life. Somewhere I can steal, kill, and destroy. I've been roaming. I've been looking. We better find out are there weapons available we didn't know about. There's the resources to help us when we walk through this when Satan comes to destroy the plan of God. So, so what we, we need to realize is that we need to understand we have an enemy. We need to know how to fight that enemy. There's a quote from a book that's, that's become read over the generations by military experts and and, and lay people alike called The Art of War. Listen to this. Written 2,600 years ago by Sun Tzu. He said, if you know the enemy, listen, if you know the enemy and you know yourself, you need not fear the result of a hundred battles. If you know your enemy and you know yourself, you need not fear the result of a hundred battles. If you know yourself but not the enemy, okay, For every victory gained, you'll also suffer a defeat. If you know yourself, but you don't know your enemy. Watch this third one. He said, but if you do not know the enemy nor yourself, you'll lose every single battle. It's important we know who we are in Christ. It's important that we understand who the enemy is. It's important you understand where he came from. You know what the Bible says, and I don't have time because this is my main point, but I want you to get this. I don't want to leave anybody behind. Do you know as we read through the account in Ezekiel and in Isaiah that Satan, the devil, originally entitled Lucifer, was once a beautiful archangel? Do you know that the Bible says that God created him and his outer uh, clothing or maybe even his body was covered in the most dazzling array of expensive jewels you can imagine. Now think of that. Wrapped 360 in jewels, gemstones. No one was ever created, watch this, to reflect the glory of God like he was. It radiated off him in the presence of God. Do you know that another passage in Ezekiel says that timbrels and pipes or musical instruments were literally a part of his being. You know what his job was in heaven? He led the worship of Almighty God in heaven. He radiated and reflected the glory of the God whose very body gave off the worship that God adored. Satan in heaven, Lucifer, before he fell, was a walking orchestra. A one-man worship encounter that dazzled heaven with God's glory reflecting off of him. And music coming out of his being that worshipped and called angels to fall on their face. The Bible says he has wisdom, he had beauty, he had power and prominence. But he wanted the throne of God. He wanted the throne of God. 
He wanted the throne of God. There are five times in Isaiah he says, I will sit upon the Most High. I will exalt myself to the throne. He had become consumed and conceited with his own beauty, with his own power, with his own prominence until he rebelled against God and was thrown out of heaven with rebelling angels that went with him that are his demonic forces today. But I got good news for you and me. Without Jesus, I wouldn't want to fight the prowling lion. I wouldn't know what to do with that deceiver. But the Bible says, Jesus said, don't you worry. And Luke, he said, I saw him fall from heaven like lightning. I don't think there was a long pitched battle in heaven. There wasn't a struggle that lasted months weeks or days when Satan rebelled against the creator God like a strike of lightning he fell to the earth under the power of God but he's here and he's alive and we need to understand how we win these battles in this spiritual warfare dynamic so, so what did he do? He comes to him and he says, look, look, look with me in verse 3. The devil said to him, if you're the son of God, tell the stone to become bread. Did you notice in all three temptations, he begins with an assault on his identity. If you are. If you are, do you know what the devil will try to do to you from the moment you have consciousness robbed you of your God-given identity and purpose and birthright? He will incessantly, persistently come after your identity. He will attack you there every time. Who are you? Who do you think you are? Who cares about you? Who loves you? You can't make it. You're a failure. You don't have any identity. You've been rejected. You're nothing. I'm going to tell you, every time the devil talks, he's lying. He's the father of all lies. And the next time the devil tells you a lie, you need to start praising God because if he says it, the opposite of it is true. So, has anybody in this room ever been told by the devil, you're not going to make it? Let me see your hand. Come on, let's shout. You're going to make it right now. Hallelujah. Ha. Has the devil ever told you you're not loved? Oh, my God. Somebody loves you like crazy for the devil to tell you that. Has the devil ever told you your marriage isn't going to make it? Hallelujah. That means that God's going to heal it, save it, restore it, bring it back. The devil's a liar, and your identity is what he's after every single day. What did Jesus do? He said, it's written. It's written. So, so he said, why don't, why don't you do this? So what, He said, Jesus, if you're the son of God, turn these stones into bread. Well, we read he was hungry. Doesn't that kind of sound like the children of Israel when they blew their test? They barely get out of Egypt. Ten miracles. Come on, man. You walk through a Red Sea on dry ground. He gave you water out of a rock. And here you are singing the blues and whining because you don't like the menu. Can I help you with something? If you don't like where you are, keep your mouth shut, keep walking, and you'll get out of there. Well, I'm having a hard time. Nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. Why don't you be quiet, praise God, and walk out of that test? Be quiet, praise God, keep going. I don't like the menu. I'm tired of manna. Shut your mouth. Eat the manna. Keep praising God. You're not supposed to be in there 40 years. They could have walked to the promised land in three months. Say three months. But because they wouldn't shut their mouth. Trust God. Praise God. And eat what's on the menu. They never got to the other side. 
See, I'm willing to eat some manna today because I smell filet mignon in my future. See, Woo. mama's got the grill out right now. Somebody's got ribs on it. My, my. See, see, see. Come on. I can't say anymore. See, what do we? We're so temporary. Short term. You don't have to prove anything to anybody. If you are, what do you mean if I am? Turn the stone into bread. Jesus said, hey boy, it's written. Man doesn't live by bread alone. Boom. Hit him. Let's keep going. So, so he comes back again. The devil led him up to a high place, showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world, and said to him, oh, look at this. I want you to check this out. People run right through this. This wasn't an empty boast, or Jesus would have called his hand. Watch this. He leads him to a high place and showed him in an instant all the what? Kingdoms and splendor of the world. And he said to him, look at this. I'll give you all this. I guess it was his. I'll give this to you. What? For it's been given to me. And I can give it to anyone I want to. So if you worship me, it'd be yours. You don't have to go to the cross. You don't have to do all that stuff. Look at these knucklehead disciples of yours. I mean, those guys can't get two things right. Look at Peter, blabbing in and out. He's going to betray you. You're going to get nailed to the cross. They're going to run and leave you behind. All you got to do is worship me. Everything's good. You know what? What do you mean? To, how, what's the audacity for the devil to look in the face of the Son of God? Say, I own the planet. You know why? Because he did. He never got heaven. He never threatened God. But when Adam and Eve sinned, the Bible even calls him the God of this world. He was the spiritual de facto leader. He was the spiritual authority until someone walked in and defeated him. And why do you think he rushed to Jesus at the very beginning of his ministry? Because he knew, if I don't get him off track now, I'm going to lose this thing. Do you know why the devil's fighting you so hard right now? Because he knows if he doesn't get you off track now, he's going to lose this thing. If he doesn't get you defeated and discouraged, he's going to lose this thing. If you don't stop praying for your family, he's going to lose this thing. If you don't stop trusting God, he's going to lose this thing. Why does he fight you like he fights you? Because God knows you're going to pass the test and the devil's trying to tempt you to fail the test because he has some authority, but he doesn't have the authority of God. And Jesus said, I'm going to take it back. That's why he fought him so hard. There's a hundred more things I could say, but let's keep going. Let, let, let's look at verse number nine. So he's going for round three. I like baseball. Three strikes, you're out. Watch this. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If, if, here he goes again, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here. Now what does he do? Now the devil's quoting scripture. Have mercy. For it's written. So, so Jesus had knocked his block off twice. So the devil said, well, you know, I've been boom, boom. I'm, I'm going to try this. Huh? So Jesus, it's written. He'll command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They'll lift you up in their hands so that you'll not strike your foot against the stone. What, what was going on there? What was happening? What was happening? See, Satan's greatest tool is deception. It's half-truth. You know, the devil's not going to come to most people and say, Hey, here's the, here's the new theology. You know, I'm God and God's the devil. 
He's not going to come to you with some crazy theology, but he's going to take enough truth at the absence of other truth and misapply it to a moment so that you can do what you want to do and have scripture to back you up. It's, it's, it's where we are today. I hear people say, I'm seeing it all the time, more and more and more. You know why? Because people who have enough knowledge of God in the Bible and church, but have decided they don't want to surrender and yield their life to God, they, they, but they want, they want the comforts of God. They, they, they want to do their thing but go to heaven. They don't want to follow His world. So here's what I hear more and more and more. Well, you know, I know I'm doing this, but, but you know, I know God loves me. I read the Gospels and Jesus didn't say anything about that. Jesus is love. So he just loved me. Well, you've got some sloppy agape going around at your house right now. Can I help you with something? Love is the nature and the essence and the heart of God. But the Bible doesn't say, come on, I'm going to rattle you a little bit. The Word doesn't say love will set you free. It says truth will set you free. See, I can love you but not agree with you. And your rebellion and disobedience will separate you from the love of God. Oh, he loves you. He loves everyone. You know, he loves the people you hate. Do do you know this? You know what Donald Trump's got to get his head around? Donald Trump has to realize that God loves AOC. And you know what the squad and the Democratic Party have to understand? I'm going to make everybody jump up. They got to understand God loves Donald Trump. Well, I don't like that. Nobody asked you. The people you hate, God loves. <laughs> so if I were you, I'd quit getting... You got no idea that people want me to come up here and front their cause. People want me to sell my soul for their thing. People want me to come up here and misuse this pulpit. I'm going to preach the word of God in this pulpit. I'm not going to do anything but preach the word of God. Hey, or or the CNN or the FOX, this is the word of God. We're going to preach it, live it. running out of time here. I'm George Sawyer. For anybody else to jump in with them. Papa used to tell me when I was a boy, he said, son, if you jump in the pig pen and wrestle with a pig in five minutes, you both look the same. So let's stay up here and preach the word. Let's do what Jesus wants us to do. So I got to bring this around. My goodness, I got to bring this around. What, what? I, don't tell me to take my time. I don't have any time. <laughs> Am I being tempted or tested? Lord. <laughs> Is it all right to have some fun in church? Can we? Uh, you know, sometimes when I'm putting it on your heart, I, have to, I try to put a little icing on it to help you go down. You know, a little bit of sugar help the medicine go down. But remember what I'm saying, okay? Look at this. So way further, we're, we'll, we won't get done. I want you to look at Ephesians 6.17. <clears throat> Ephesians 6.17. The first time this ever happened, the first time this ever happened was right here. You know why? Because the devil is a roaring lion seeking who may devour. For the devil is trying to destroy your life and still kill and destroy. And when God's trying to bring you through to a promotion, the devil's trying to tempt you to step out of it. And when God's preparing you for the next season in your life, the enemy is going to try to confuse you and confound you. And so there's a weapon that Jesus used. When I watch him fight, what did I read? You better know yourself and you better know your enemy. If I know myself and I know my enemy, I don't have to fear a hundred battles. 
But if I don't know what's going on, I'm in trouble. So watch this. He says, take the helmet of salvation. This is Ephesians 6, that great spiritual warfare passage. And the only offensive weapon in Ephesians 6 is this, the sword of the Spirit. Everything else was protective. Helmet, breastplate, shield, shoes, belt, you got me? Protective. But we're not just supposed to take the blows, let the enemy beat on us. Here's a weapon. It's your weapon. Say, it's my weapon. I want you to say, it's the weapon of God. Now this, the word, the word word here, there are two Greek words translated to the English word, and they're translated, unfortunately, out of the original Greek text intermittently. They're both translated the English word word. Well, one Greek word is rhema, and the other is logos. What's the difference? Logos is the Bible. It's the entirety of the Word of God, right? It's Scripture. It's God. It's anointed. It's authoritative. It's accurate. It's the Word of God, Logos. It's all the Word of God. Then what is rhema? Rhema is a word from the Word of God. It's a specific use of the Word of God. Logos is a written word. Rhema is the spoken word. This is not Logos. It's rhema. So the sword of the Spirit, which is the rhema of God. What beats the devil back when during your time of preparation for promotion, the devil's trying to defeat you? The Word of God. The Word of God. The Word of God. The Word of God. Friends, if you don't know your Bible, you're going to whip you. But if you know the Word of God, you've got something to say that is undefeatable that the enemy has no response for when you speak that word out of your mouth anointed by the Holy Spirit you literally cause the enemy to have to back up after three rounds you know what he said I can't take this anymore I'm going to leave now I might come back but I've been whipped enough today if you're sick and tired of being sick and tired and the enemy is beating you down and you're getting a mindset I can't win I don't know what to do I'm going to lose this thing you better pull out the sword of the spirit which is the word of God and you better get up enough faith and and, and, and I don't this may be an Arkansas word gumption you better get some backbone get something in you get up off that chair rise up in your faith and say the word of God says the word of God says it is written it is written it is written do you know when you say the rhema word of God it doesn't matter how you feel it has nothing to do with your emotions it has nothing to do with your circumstances it's the word of God stand to your feet with me come on worship team come quickly come quickly come on stand Stand, stand, stand. I'm a little early. Come on, give, give me some, some, some grace here. We're still early. We are early, believe me. Come on, come on, worship team. Here's what I want you to see. Stay with me, stay with me. What was the central thing Lucifer wanted when he fell in heaven? What was it? He wanted people to worship him. He had directed worship to God, and the longer he looked at God, the more he began to say, no, 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 I deserve that. You know what happened? He kept looking in the mirror and going, look at this. Look at this. Look at this. He kept listening to himself say, you know, what, what happened? He kept, here, here's, here's what the devil did. Let me selfies. He has some preaching the word selfies. 
Then, then, then he said, hey, look, let's forget this Facebook. Let's go to Instagram. Now I can record me singing. Oh. I kind of used, I was going to say freak him out. Maybe you don't like that, so I won't say it. You know what will blow his mind? For you to worship when you ought to be crying. For you to worship when he thinks he's winning. So, so, come on. Listen. I believe this is a breakthrough day for some people in this room. And if you'll take what I've taught you by faith and begin to implement it, the battle you're in right now, listen, listen, the devil can only take so much at one time. We just read it. I can't promise you'll never come back, but he said three times I'm out. I've got to come gather myself. And the Bible says in, in uh, Matthew that then the angels came. Ah, do you know there are angels in this room today? Oh, yes, they are. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. I know some of you, some of you are messed up. I talked about the devil and angels. Come on, I don't care. Angels here to do the work of God. They respond to worship. See, worship's what they're used to in heaven. You want the emissaries of heaven to come help you, then create heaven where you are. You got me? Create it. Create it. Create it. Create it. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can connect with us live each Wednesday and Sunday through our social media pages. If today's message has blessed you, please rate and review us so that more people can hear this message of Christ. Find out more about Calvary on our website at calvaryassembly.org.